0: Thank you for allowing me to come speak. I'm so proud of my son, Pastor Frankie Mazepiki. He's been preaching since he was 17. He's a good man of God, isn't he? So very proud of him. Uh, Sometimes we just have to borrow your pastor to um, missionary work at my church and fix things that need fixing over there. And uh, we use him for that. And when he's done, he comes back here to, um, well, Pleasure Island. This is a beautiful place To preach the word of the Lord. Well, I'm going to be preaching to you from the book of Esther and I'm going to be speaking to you specifically about something that I've been studying for a little bit over a week. You see, last Wednesday I came down with some type of vertigo which is like dizziness and it caused some nausea, you know how that works, and headaches and things like that. So I was not able to preach on Wednesday. And so I began to continue to work on this sermon, but this was the sermon that was supposed to be preached at my church on Wednesday. Usually, you don't preach a sermon at a church that you are not a part of, in so much that you're not the pastor of. You usually preach something that's tried and true, that you know the kind of response that you need to preach. I really felt like this message was probably not for the church I pastor, but probably for this church. And the whole moral of, and theme or thesis of this sermon is to help those of you, listen carefully, to help those of you that are struggling with guilt and shame about reoccurring and ongoing sins and temptations, whether or not you sin the same sin every six months or every six weeks, or this same problem keeps arising, whether it's an inside type of sin, which is a sin of the spirit, or an outside sin, which is called a sin of the flesh. Whether you're a critical person that you wish that you would just stop being critical. Like you're the one during Christmas in the living room that's the critical one. You're the one that throws the hand grenade in the middle of the living room that everybody wishes that you didn't come to Christmas. But you're the brother and you're the sister, or you're that aunt, or that uncle, or that grandfather. That always seems to cause trouble. And you know you do that, but you wish that you didn't, but you do. Or maybe you've got Amen. <laughs> <Hey, Ned. laughs> or maybe <laughs> he's sitting right behind me. <laughs> or maybe you've got some type of plotting and scheming about you that you wish you wouldn't do. Maybe there's some type of lust where you have reoccurring visits online to pornography. of women in America are uh, frequent flyers, if you would, on on pornography. And uh, these types of secret lives and these unsupervised types of moments in your life, you wish you didn't have. You hate it. You hate it about yourself. It affects you. It affects the way you work and how you treat your family members. And it affects how you go to church. Because guilt and shame really can get a hold of you where you don't feel like you're part of everything because you have this ongoing conscious and subconscious issue. God really hates inside sins, sins of the spirit, where you're divisive, where you like to gossip. But whenever you're finished with it, God puts a check in your spirit and you realize, I wish I didn't do that. This sermon is going to address that through a character named Esther. Esther in this book called The Book of Esther is a peasant Jewish woman that virtually keeps her her family tree and her relationships and her religion to herself. She doesn't share this. And because of her peasantry, uh, she has no chance of being queen. That's an impossibility. Not only that, the king is Persian. And the, the present standing queen at that time, her name is Vashti. And the king asked Vashti, the queen, who was absolutely beautiful, just drop-dead gorgeous. And he wanted to show the whole world and his princes how beautiful his wife is. It's really a type and shadow of a Christian that doesn't want to come forward and allow the Lord to show everybody the work that he has done on a Christian because they're ashamed or they're reluctant. Vashti was like that. When the king summoned her to his presence to show her beauty, she says, I'm not coming. It, it humiliated him in front of the other princesses and the other leaders. So she virtually was fired. She was excommunicated from the kingdom. So he looked for another queen. I and mean, he had seven women, seven chamberlain ladies, looking out throughout the whole land to find a drop-dead beautiful girl they found one her name was esther but she was a peasant when i say peasant she was just dirt poor impoverished and it was going to take a lot of work to get her cleaned up if you would have you ever said that behind closed doors to somebody boy he really cleans up (laughs) or she really cleans up good the weird thing about this sermon, though, let me prepare you for it, is that it's going to take one year to go through this beauty treatment. Now, either she's really a dog, or she's going to be so beautiful. It's going to, I know I probably shouldn't have said that, but it's not my church. So she's really a dog. <laughs> let Frankie take care of that. Your dad is so coarse. Anyways, um, it took a year. Could you imagine when you're going to have a pedicure... Or oh, you're gonna have a spa treatment, and you walk in and they look at you and go, mm, 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 girl, it's gonna take a year to fix you up. And that's exactly what they said to her. So I wanna direct your attention to the book of Esther, Esther chapter number two. And I'm gonna read three verses of scripture verses 12, 17, and 18. And I'll explain the whole story there. Verse 12, Now, when every maid's turn was come to go to the king, after that she had been 12 months, 12 months according to the manner of the women, uh, for so were the days of their purification accomplished. To wit, six months with oil of myrrh and six months with sweet odors and with other things for the purifying of the women. Going down to verse 17, and the king loved esther above all the women and she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins so that he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of that verse 18. then the king made a, a great feast unto all his princes and his servants uh even esther's feast and he made a release of the providences and gave her gifts according to the state of the king. The name of my sermon is called Beauty Treatments. Beauty Treatments. There was a literal one-year beauty and purifying process that was done to this woman that was first. the first six months was to clean her. Can you believe that? This is going to take six months to clean you. That's a lot of work. How clean can you possibly get in six months? I'll explain that in a minute. And it's going to take another six months to make you smell good. (laughs) Six months? I use Menin. I'm good in six seconds. (laughs) A little spice, Old Spice. Now, I know that my wife hates Old Spice, but I love... Old Spice, I love brute, I like the old-fashioned aqua velvet, high karate. <laughs> no, she doesn't let me wear that stuff, but I do like to smell Old Spice. She doesn't let me use it, but every now and then, after I shave, I like to smack it on me, just like the, some of you are too young to remember that, but back in the old days, they, they put uh, Old Spice on by smacking their face with it. It was just so masculine. <laughs> they don't do it anymore, but nevertheless, To have a six-month period of cleaning somebody and then six months to making someone smell good was quite the process to see the king and to impress him. I want to show you a quick video of one minute and 34 seconds of a movie that you know so very well about preparing three, well, is it three or four individuals on getting ready to see... The Wizard of Oz. Lights, camera, action. Ha, 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 ho, 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 and a couple of tra la That's how we laugh a day away in the merry old land of Oz. Boos, bus bus churk, 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 and a couple of la di That's how the crickets freak all day in the merry old land of Oz. We get up at 12 and start to work at 1. For lunch, and then that's do it done Jolly good fun, ha ha ha, oh oh And a couple of a la la la. That's how we laugh a day away in the very old land of Oz. Ha ha ha, oh oh oh. La la That's how we laugh a day away with a ha ha ha. And a couple of brand new straws. That's how we keep you young and fair in the merry old land of ours. Rub, rub here, rub, rub there, whether you're tin or bras. That's how we keep you in repair in the merry old land of ours. We can make a dimple smile out of a frown. Can you even dye my eyes to match my gown? Uh huh. Jolly old town. Tip tip do, tip. Tip tip tip. We give the brothers glory. That Satan air of several fair in the merry old land of Oz. That's how we have the day away in the merry old land of Mars. I'm sure you remember that, and that really did take one minute and 34 seconds. Uh, that's optimistic when you consider that Esther, it's going to take her one year. One year of pedicures, one year of, of manicures, one year of working on her hair. You see, in those days, a lot of the peasants, including Jesus, it was said because Bethlehem was a town of peasants. It was just a run-down, little small, little village, or noblet. Many of them had to... Shaved her heads. I'm not suggesting that the women did, but I'm suggesting that most of them had short hair because they had lice problems. they had mite dust mite problems. And because of that, you could not bring Esther before the king, especially to marry him and to have a honeymoon night, if you would. Everything had to be perfect. And it was not within this peasant's ability, Esther's ability, to be that beautiful, to be that perfect. You see, one day you're going to be brought before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And the Holy Spirit right now is bringing you through, and this is very important for you to understand, bringing you through certain seasons in your life, not all the time, but certain seasons in your life that during these seasons, it's a season of penitence, where God will put a need in your heart to need a change, to want to change something Something about you that is distasteful to you. Something that you would be, want to be better. He may show you an example of somebody else where you say, I want to be more like her. I want to be more like him. Or maybe he may bring up something in a very convicting way, not a, 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 a way of condemnation, but more of a conviction. And when he does that, he does it to your heart. You know, I, I shared it with the second service where I mentioned a, a great scripture where the Bible says that he will give you the desire of your heart. But many of us ignore the second half of that, where it says, but he will put leanness in your soul. And what that means is he'll put a longing in your soul that maybe it's okay for you to have that, but it's not good for you to have that. Others may be able to go there, but it's not good for you to go there. Others may be able to purchase that, touch that, turn that on, uh, turn those pages, but you can't. Others may be able to be with those kinds of people, and they'll be okay, but you, God has convicted you. He put a leanness inside of your soul. Though you can have it, He put something in you to want to change. This is a season where God is changing you, where the Bible says He's going to present you before Jesus Christ, who is your husband, and you're going to be His bride. He's going to make you, and listen to this, He's going to make you without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Now that's an ambitious moment for me. I was born and raised in Boston and New York area. You can clearly see that this is not Deep South accent. And I, my father died when, I was, when he was 38 and I was nine. And so I was a street boy and I, I did bad things. And when I became converted, there were some things that I did, some things that I thought, and my actions and the way I was, I was a, I was really um, a degenerate if you would uh, in so many ways and when I was saved when the Lord filled me with this Holy Spirit the things that he changed in me he can only change there was no way I could work on that there's no way I had the ability to do that so I needed a beauty session I needed some beauty treatments Now, of course, I'm not finished. He's constantly working on me, and he's constantly working on you. The things that plague you, that you wish that you didn't do or say or think like, where there are certain morals or certain emotions and certain psyches that you have that you wish that you were purer. God is working on all of that for you, but he doesn't do it all at the same time. Because if he did, you would would want to commit Harry Carey. Because you would see how ugly and and, and, and sinful that we really are. So he does it little by little. And he gives us opportunities to take a rest. He gives us opportunities to just take a deep breath and and say, okay, that, that was tough. Because what Esther went through was not easy. Everything I'm about to read to you right now is not made up words. I drew all of this information from expository commentaries and things of such. I was as shocked as you're about to be with what they did to her. Like, for instance, they did an overwhelming process of purification, of exfoliating, scouring, polishing, cleansing and disinfecting. Yes, they had to disinfect her. They had a hygiene process, an antiseptic process. They even worked inside of her mouth. They looked in her mouth and they had to see whether or not they could find any sores or cankers or any sort of things that would trouble the king on a honeymoon night. Because everything had to be perfect. And that's why it took a year. And that's how the Lord is. When God gets finished with you, all of your deep, dark secrets, all the things that plague you that no one knows but you and maybe one best friend Something that you may have done years ago that's still, like David says, my sins are ever before me. All the guilt and the shame, all of the plaguing, well, temptations, all of that will be dissipated. There are some things that you can do. Surely there are some things that the Bible says, cleanse yourself of all filthiness of the flesh and spirit so that you might perfect holiness and the fear of God. Yes, there are things that we personally can do for ourselves. But I have to say, if you're like I am, I need help. I need the Holy Spirit. Like, I used to be, and please forgive me if this is offensive to you, but when I was a street boy back in my early teens, I was Mr. F-bomb. But so were all my friends from South Boston. We were selfies, and we were bad boys. And F-bombing all the time. When I received the Holy Spirit, it was going to take God to get that out of my mouth. That was part of my normal language. I I mean, I even described things that was unnecessary with the F-bomb. But when I received the Holy Spirit, God just reached into my mouth and just pulled out those canker sores of bad words, and it was done overnight. Now, He may not do that for you immediately. He may know that you have that power in you to be able to withhold that kind of word but God needed to to cleanse me of that and i'm very thankful for that other things that had to be done was the skin he he took pomegranates the king did the king's seven chamberlains the the king's seven maids that maidens that took care of her for that year and and stained her skin much like maybe lipstick or rouge or whatever makeup i don't know you know there's 76 or 86 different Products that women use in a week's time, maybe not every woman, but on an average I understand well, that's what I read. Uh, for men it's between three and five. When I was growing up, poor, we had one. It was called ivory soap. It's the only soap that floats to the top when you take in a bath. It's very handy to find that. Because soap, when it sinks, can go into some very strange places. But an ivory soap, when it floats, you can always find ivory soap but that was our shampoo. That was our hand cleanser. That was our facial exfoliating. That was what we used for shampoo and for conditioner. It was used for everything. As a matter of fact, my mother had this wooden handled bristled hand brush that she would use borax soap. I don't know if you remember borax soap. I don't even know if they still have that, but it's a powdered soap. It's really industrial. But for me and for my brother, we came back and we needed industrial every night because she didn't want us to be embarrassed to go to school with dirty fingernails. So she would scrub our fingernails and we would scream and she would hold it over this because there was no dad there to to scare us. I'm gonna tell your father. She didn't have that ability, so she had to be daddy and mummy. So she used to scrub us. I mean, almost down to the seventh layer of skin. She used to actually say that. You've got seven layers of skin and I'm gonna scrape off all seven. <clears throat> you're filthy, where did you find all this dirt? And, and so it was, you know, it, w- it was what was required for me to be clean. God has that ability to do that for all of us. And then some, the pomegranate was a type of stain that they would put on her lips and on her, on her cheeks, staining it in red, a deep red, if you would, which is so amazing because that's exactly what the blood of Jesus Christ does. The blood of Jesus Christ is red. It's not a staining factor as much as it's a cleaning agent. He washes us, he cleans us completely of all of our sins that we've ever committed, that the sins that we're committing even right now, and all the sins that we will ever commit in the future. He's a good God, but he is not going to allow us, listen to this carefully, for you to skirt around any issues. You're not going to circumvent any situations that you have in secret every single nook and cranny of your life is going to be dealt with. And it'll be dealt with in seasons. And I'm trying to help you here. Let me just do some pastoring for you. Let me say some things to you that maybe Pastor Frankie can't say, but a visiting minister can say, and Pastor Frankie can help me at my church whenever we, he wants to switch. I'll say this to you, that some of us, we sin every single day, and if we're not sinning, we're doing something else planning to sin. That is not something that is unique. The Bible says this, that everyone sins, and if you say that you don't sin, that you are a liar, and the truth is not in you. So let me just tell you that everyone around you, including me, we all sin. Being from New York, if I'm driving, I'm sinning. (laughs) Let me just tell you that. I'm so humiliated of the things that I do behind the wheel. I direct all traffic. I am the boss. I am the cop. I am everybody. I I, I did something terrible yesterday, and and thank God it was a woman. It wasn't a big guy because I can whip that lady. But But she was honking me and honking me and honking me just because I cut out in front of her. (laughs) People these days. And she followed me the whole time, honking me. And so, this is yesterday actually, yesterday evening. So I slammed on the brakes and I opened the door and I, and thank God I was a woman. And I looked, cause I'm such a coward. And I looked at her and I said, what, what, what? <laughs> she says, you cut the red light, you cut out in front of me. I says, okay, other than that, what? So I got back in my car and I said, I hope she doesn't go to my church. <laughs> so yes, we all sin. I'm not proud of what I did. And you're the first people I told. I haven't told even my own wife because she's Mrs. Mercy. She's the one that when I'm honking the guy in front of me, when I drive up beside him, she says, honey, you don't know what that person's going through. And when I pulled up at one time, it was just a little teeny little old man driving like this. <laughs> trying to look over the, over the, over the uh, dashboard, and I felt terrible. And my wife looked over and said, see? <laughs> and I feel terrible, and I know that you do. And so because of that, I need help. I need help to take that out of me. How about you? Do you have something in your life like the lack of patience? Do you have something in you that criticizes everybody? Are you the big critic in your house? Are you always devaluing everyone else? Are you the one that really is pompous? Are you spoiled? Are you someone that just really needs to be taught the righteous things of God? God has a way. may say, God has a way. God. God has a way of revealing these things, just like the exfoliating, just like... Well, let me read some more things here. There were skin bites on people that were poor, scars and ringworms that they had no ability to do anything about you know you if you have a child that gets ringworm because of the playground at school you know exactly what it is and you are able to take care of that but in those days they could not take care of ringworm because they didn't have the medicinal abilities well because of that there were scabs lice ringworms and i'm sorry if i'm messing up your lunch Ticks, burns and bleedings and parasites, yeast infections, fungals, poor digestive system, coarse foods and, and all kinds of perspiration issues. Perspiration issues and so much that and you're wondering why in the world was it six months to get her to smell good? Well, we are a product of what we eat and how we smell is based upon our diet. I know that you know that. And depending on what you eat will also determine your physique. If you've ever been to Guatemala, into the villages that we've gone, and you have a wonderful ministry there, in Guatemala, a lot of the women and the men, especially the women, uh, though they're very strong because they they work a lot with their hands and they climb up and down mountains with with, uh, firewood on their shoulders, up and down and the men are probably working in the sugarcane fields the women are left by themselves for four months at a time the women eat a certain kind of food that really is full of parasites they drink straight out of the river and and they eat corn a lot which causes a bloating of their belly it's not that they're fat not even remotely it's not fat it's because of parasites it's because of things that are in their diet Well, this is also a problem for Esther. I'm not saying Esther had that parasitic problem. I'm just suggesting that Esther had problems that needed to be wiped away before she was presented to the king. And so it is with you and I. Once again, God is not going to circumvent anything, even though you were done wrong. If you have been sexually abused, emotionally, uh, psychologically abused, it was somebody else's fault, and you've been hurt by that, and you hold a grudge, God is not going to work around that. Now, he's not going to ask you necessarily to go to that person and say all kinds of overtures. He's going to handle your heart. He's going to handle your issues inside and out. He's going to cure you before you ever are presented to, the, to Jesus Christ your husband. Remember of the scripture I shared with you. He will present a church that is without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. The robes that you will be wearing will be robes of righteousness. But many of us are struggling, struggling with problems of depression, struggling with issues of great guilt, reclusiveness, Problems that we cloister ourselves, issues of bad doctrine, problems with raising our children, difficulties with treating our mothers and fathers with honor. Yes, we, we we are plagued with lots of things that only the Holy Spirit can do. Only the Holy Spirit can clean you of these things. And that's why it's a process. That's why it's seasonal. You know, in 1 John chapter number 1 and verse number 9, there's a scripture there that I wanted to share with you. It says, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us. Can you say, thank God? But the last part is what I want to show you. Not only does He forgive you of our sins, but He purifies us, cleans you. Does it take a year? Maybe it'll take a lifetime. For some of us, we've experienced abortions in our lives, whether you are dating someone that had an abortion or whether you have a wife that had an abortion or maybe you personally had an abortion and you are beating yourself silly with great guilt and shame almost every single day. You don't let that go. You see, the Lord is not going to castigate you about that. You have already punished yourself more than anybody would ever punish you. God is going to heal you of that. God is going to put something inside of you and take something out of you. That ringworm of spiritual depression where you're going to turn around and say, I feel like I'm free of that. Once again, like David said, I feel that my sins are ever before me. You as a bride before Jesus Christ, you're not going to have that any longer. God is going to show, and this is a great revelation what I'm about to say to you, God is going to show true love of God. A lot of us don't conceive of that revelation, the love of God. I've been trying to put that into my mind in my prayers lately, where I keep telling him, you love me, don't you? You love me. Oh, you love me. You love me. I keep saying it over and over again. And I'm not trying to convince him. I'm trying to convince me. You love me more than anybody. You love me. You love me. You love me more than the whole moon. You, you, you love me. And I try to get that in my head because it is he that wants me to understand that he's forgiven me. It's him that wants to show me that I need to be full of the love of God. If I could just get that consciousness of God inside of me, all of this exfoliation of this year of process will be passed. It won't last an entire lifetime. For those of you that are angry, just a dis, you just have a dispensation of anger. You have a disposition, rather, of anger. You're always angry, and everybody's afraid of you. You're always grumpy. I don't, I don't know if it's the person beside you or behind you, but if you've got a grumpy, angry person that you live with, or if you're angry, I, I would beg to believe that you probably wish that you weren't. And God has a way of... Of cleaning that, you can see it in Psalms chapter 51 and two verses, verses two and verse number seven. It says, "This wash away all of my iniquity, and cleanse me." See, God is doing this, not you. Cleanse me of my sin. Cleanse me with hyssop. It was kind of like a leafy branch that had a mint smell to it, and it had a way. Uh, Don't don't turn the scripture, but every now and then, a, a man or a woman will. Uh, in the old days, before they had skin cream and lotions uh, that was more available, Uh, they would take a leafy hyssop and they would wipe their hands on it so that they can smell uh, minty, if you would. This was not a a, a cover-up of something that was dirty. This was something that you were cleaned first with hyssop and then you would be cleaned inside and out. And wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Jesus Christ said to the to a lot of the Pharisees and Sadducees, he says, you know, you look like whited church buildings on the outside, but inside, you're nothing more than dead man's bones. You see, God hates the sin on the inside way more than the sin on the outside. What is the sin on the inside? Envy, strife, jealousy, the spirit of murder, the spirit of someone that wishes somebody else would fail, somebody else would lose, somebody that would get divorced, somebody that would lose their house. You say, Pastor, that's evil. Yes. And when we have those kinds of thoughts of certain people that we wish to fail, don't you wish that you didn't believe that way or think that way? God has that ability to wash that all out of you, spiritually, morally, and of course, mentally. You know, there's, and I'm trying to close here. Uh, Because of the time, just let me say this to you. In that story of Esther, I mentioned this to you before, there were seven kinds of concubines, seven maidens, women, that did the washing and the scouring of this woman every day, every morning, afternoon and night. They would wake her up, they would feed her certain kinds of food so that her deodorant or her odor would be more pleasant to the king. These seven handmaidens, they served her cleaning her and purifying her and making her smell good for one year. The Bible says in the book of Revelation, chapter number three and verse number one, it refers to not seven chamberlains, but seven spirits, much like the same thing. To the angel of the church of Sardis write, these are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God. And the seven stars, the seven stars of the churches. I know your deeds. I know what you've been doing. I know what you've been up to. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you're dead, you're depressed, you're down. You see, these seven spirits of God are seven spirits that are sent to us. Much like the seven chamberlains, the seven maidens, to come and help us, like the Holy Spirit that cleansed my mouth of the F-bomb, that took out a lot of anger and hatred. My first marriage ended in a divorce. After 17 years of marriage, my first wife ran off with another man. I was so hurt. I was so angry. The man weighed 154, and I could punch clean through his, his chest. I knew I could. And I was meeting him at some hotel to to shake his hand, but my mind was I was going to punch clean through his birdcage chest of his. (laughs) Only God could fix that. And when I met him, as I was walking toward him, I was doing the Popeye thing. I was winding my fist. (laughs) I am what I am, and that's all that I am. (laughs) And when I got close to him, the Holy Spirit just came down on me and just, just vacated all of the anger toward him. And I just, instead of punching him, I held him tight to me and told him I loved him. When I walked away, I said, what just happened? God, in one moment's time, cleansed me. He can do it for you as well. Can you give the Lord a great big hand clap? Let's all stand together. If you can all stand together and close your eyes and bow your heads, let me pray for you. Father, I pray for everyone that is here in the house of the Lord. I pray, Father, that you'll open their eyes and let them see that they're going through treatment plans, treatment sessions, beauty sessions, beauty plans for them. And it's during seasons like this that they feel penitent, that they feel a little bit less but a yearning to want to be holy. Let them see that the Lord, in some areas, it only God can clean them. Take away the guilt and the shame from them and let them see it's not within their ability to be able to cleanse themselves, but only the Holy Spirit can do this. In Jesus' name, and everybody said in Jesus' name. One more hand clap to the Lord. Give him a great big applause. May the Lord bless you. You're dismissed.